Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We have a great show for you. Aaron McCormick is going to be joining me here today as the author of the book, Unbounded Journey to Your Within. I can't wait to talk to him. And Benny, how are you, Mr. B? Doing very awesome. Thanks, Pat, for asking. And yourself? Uh, pretty good. I want good. to start off with a quote, though. All righty. Uh, I want to start out with a quote from a very, very well-known character. Mm. You ready for it? Go for it. Yeah, yeah. Darkness, darkness, the truest darkness is not the absence of light. It is conviction that the light will never return. But the light always returns to show us things familiar, home, family, and the things entirely new are long overlooked. It shows us new possibilities and challenges us to pursue them. This time, the light shone on the heroes coming out of the shadows to tell us we won't be alone again. Our darkness was deep and soon swallow and soon to swallow all hope. But these heroes were here the whole time to remind us that hope is real that you can't see it all you have to do is look look up to the sky who do you think gave us that quote oh boy uh, I know. someone much smarter than me <laughs> uh lois lane oh i was gonna say lois lane are from you serious Justice League. wow right, right. Right. Um, She's pretty hot. I, would, I, I mean, think about it. Um, <laughs> think about it. It was fascinating. Um, you know, for me, I was, uh, I went to the doctor last week and I had to go through a couple of uh, treatments for my knees. I mean, come on, Benny. You and I, we wrecked our knees playing big sports. I mean, come on softball sliding into the bases you know playing shortstop running around trying to do whatever you do right oh yeah playing outfield on a on a on a far on a field that which just had a horseshoe on it where they didn't pat down the divots <laughs> and so owie yeah a lot of pain there you're not playing ball again are you uh no man mm -mm. no okay but you know, I mean, I backyard a, ball with the boys. Backyard ball it. with yeah, the boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, that's true. But I still play the ping pong, but not the way I want to. So I think ultimately I'm going to have to do like a knee replacement deal, both mm -hmm. of them. I'm mm -hmm. uh, probably going to have to get them done. You'll be um, bionic then, huh? To, well, I, I, you know, I, I just have not wanted to bite the bullet. 
So I, I go in and I get this really cool treatment and it's called Synvisc, but it's really this chicken stuff that they inject in your knee to fill in the, the blanks. Mm -hmm. And some days I do really good with it. And other days it's like, oh, my body doesn't like that chicken stuff. <laughs> so I've had time to really think. And I've had time to be grateful. But I've also had time to do a lot of work with mindless movies in the background and reading books like Unbounded, Journey to Your Within. So here's what I want to say. Finding your true purpose. I want to read from my guest's book for a minute. He, he's not here yet, but he, he's going to come here. They're going to they're gonna get him. You ready? You ready? While sitting in an airport terminal on a business ship, trip, I observed something typical to everyday life, but for some reason it hit me more profoundly. Like that quote, Benny. Okay. Yep. There was a toddler being defiant with his mother. Was that your kids? No, I'm just no. joking. Repeatedly grunting, scowling, and pulling himself in the opposite direction. Something inside this little guy at the ripe old age of maybe 14 months told him he knew what he was doing and that being forced to go in a certain direction just didn't feel right. Any parent knows this experience firsthand. Every single day, the child is becoming more powerful, proficient, and increasingly able to do things with less direct help, involvement, or even coercion of his parents. Anytime the baby in the terminal would stumble or fall, he would happily reach out for a hand of his parents for the needed support rising back up to his feet. Immediately after gaining control, the infant would defiantly let go and resist any further attention. Okay, so here we go. So, so my guest, Unbounded, Aaron's writing this in the book. Immediately, so it goes on. Mom shifts her attention to other things. What happens? What happens, mom? The baby inevitably came right back around seeking to be noticed, craving eye contact and attention. The baby will not be satisfied until he knows mom has noticed and more specifically engaged him. And Aaron goes on in this book and points things out, right? So here we go. I'm going to give you the punchline, and my guest is here today. I'm so thrilled to be talking with him because, boy, I have had a moment of reflection after reading this book. I have had a moment. It's like when Batman said to Wonder, Wonder Woman, look, you, dude, Wonder Woman, you're here to lead. Get off your butt. Go lead. Here's what Aaron says because this is why. This is why even Wonder Woman – couldn't go lead. Here's what he said. As th this is it. This is the punchline. From the moment we enter the world, there exists invisible energy or spirit that contains volumes of information. It is as if we come self-contained within a specific essence and purpose awaiting conscious revelation and fulfillment. However, more intrusive and far less constructive than the loving hands trying to help us physically walk, we are barraged, right? That's a great word. We are barraged by ideals, expectations, labels. Boy, I got a few on me. Behavior and energy that are foreign to our original plan and essence. As the We learned this, quote from Mr. Aaron. We learned this. We learned to suppress, ignore, or sever 
the direct connection to the heart that once prompted us to speak up and push back on any conflicting path, experience, or energy. He goes on to say this, what if there was a way to rediscover your original and authentic expression, objective and purpose balanced with more positive transactions and relationships with others? How would that feel? The answer, unbounded. That's my guest today. Aaron McCormick joining me here today. Aaron, it's so great to have you. Oh, we need to unmute him first there. Yeah, that's Zach. There we go. I was on mute. Hey, Dr. Pat. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) I was just reading out loud from your book. Um, But um, I'm struck by the timing of your book, of course. I'm also struck by the power of your words. But even more importantly than any any of that, I'm, I'm struck by your call to action because these are not just words in a book. This is really a, a guidebook, a map. This is really a pathway. It is the yellow brick road to purpose fulfilled and a voice never heard like it needs to be heard before. I wanna ask you this question if I could. I've just gotta know what challenges, what obstacles did you, with all of your success, everything you've done, what did you have to overcome to get to this realization <laughs> in the airport? Uh, let's see. How much, time, how much time do we have? <laughs> Man, I, I got the whole hour for you. I can skip all the breaks. Uh, right. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. First of all, thank you for that, for those kind words. Um, the book really is a, um, I guess, a labor of love uh, for all of us. Uh, it's a bit of, it's drawn from empathy, from experience. I've been through my share of conflict within, and I've seen the cause and effect of it. And I've watched the journeys of other people as they battle with their own concerns. And it, you notice how it's always easier for all of us, Pat, when we hear of somebody else's situation to see clarity because we don't have the emotion. We're observers and emotion is hugely distracting and, and hugely fearful and it just changes a lot of things. So, the, you know, as we become unbounded, so to speak, unbound from the things that have shaped our emotions, it becomes easier for us to just observe and just be in the flow of things and more accepting of things while at the same time, unaccepting of things that are foreign or inauthentic to us. So I've had my fair share. I mean, everything from uh, what I would do for a living as a budding, you know, 16 year old, almost adult, uh, and the pressures around me of what most were doing and what barriers perceived are real that would say I can or can't be doing something different, but I wanted to follow something that spoke more to my actual character. That's and as I look back on my history and I listen, I remember all the stories I would hear about me being a toddler and staring at people's mouths intently, wanting to understand and wanting to speak. Um, it was just a, a matter of time before I would, uh, you know, pick something that leveraged what I was, which was hugely empathic, wanting to listen, to understand, to connect, and then obviously very expressive, communicative with words. Um, and sales allowed me to do that. And then ultimately, eventually, uh, you know, writing, it gets even more in that sort of alignment and it kind of bridges both the analytical business, physical aspects of what I am 
along with the more spiritual or unspoken heart-centered aspects of what I am. So there is familial challenges, religious challenges, and the very restrictive cult that I was raised in, Christian cult, that empathy wouldn't allow me to remain in, uh, despite losing every you know family member, every friend that I've known that I've ever had in 39 years of my life at the time that I left. Family members have not met my two children, almost three, got one on the way. Um, so it was very challenging things that on the surface, you would say you can't live without them or that can't be a good thing. And ironically, I've been happier and more fulfilled than ever after that decision. Um, and, and obviously I wish happiness upon them. I wouldn't even want them to abandon or go in conflict, into conflict, strong conflict with themselves uh, just to give me a family member or to give me a grandma or give my kids a grandparent and then my mom can't look at herself in the mirror. So I'm just, I really hope that everybody is congruent within and to the extent that you are that, then you have a lot less conflict externally. So it's, it's played out for me, Dr. Pat, in family, in business, career, uh, relationships, uh, just about in every facet of life, as I've mentioned in the book, there are three parts of the book. There is yourself, yep. the view that you've come to perceive yourself to be with all of its perceived, and I stress that word, successes. Some people say, you know, failures are perceived is how you look at them. But people rarely say that success is perceived. But right. yes, that is perceived as well, because it's what you've deemed, what your mind has told you, this means success, right? But we all know of and have heard of people that seem to have all those boxes ticked They've got all the money or, you know, uh, they're famous or they have um, a lot of esteem. People value them and esteem them in their profession, but yet they're addicted to, you know, substances or suicidal or something or another. And you go, well, how's that possible? So success can be and is perceived by the mind. Real success is just experience. It's the truth. And it is it is internal fulfillment, not just the external. So, you know, just beyond all these things that have formed us, if we truly connect within, then we'll have that kind of anchoring. We'll be less threatened by the stuff external. And I think the world will end up being a lot happier place for us and our children, grandchildren. Wow. I love it. And one of the things I want to quote you now, enough with Lois Lane, but I want to quote you uh, in the book because you go on to say this so beautifully, but I had not heard it this way. You go on to say, to disagree with your friends, secular, bo secular boss, spouse, supposed race, sex, nationality, counselor, even pastor is not the end of the world. I had to go through the same thing, right? I I'm having a little bit of it right now because I just refuse to be silent these days. So I will wake up like a day like today and I will say, I'm going to do a show on Thursday and I'm gonna do that show to support people like Chef Rossi, right? Who represents the LGBT community, who has a business that she's holding on in New York to her business. And we have to support these people. But here's what you go on to say, cause this was a game changer for me. I read the books, by the way. I don't awesome. know if you knew Thank that. You. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Then you go on to say, however, remaining in conflict with yourself is the end of your better world before it begins. So I'm watching the Emmys the other night. Mm -hmm. And they get to the part where they're uh, honoring the people that passed. So they go through and there's a lot of people that have passed. But then they get to someone that just broke me down. Chadwick Boseman. 
they got to him. And I was sitting here and I said, I can't, I honestly, I knew I heard it. I can't believe it. I can't believe the dude is gone. And I said, you know, we watched a couple of his movies here not too long ago. Of course, I'm talking about the actor that played uh, Black Panther, changed the landscape, if you will, of action movies, spokesperson. I mean, you name it. But then he did two other films with cancer. He did two other films. He never complained. And he was working on a project, um, even working on the project, a movie project with Samuel L. Jackson. And I thought about this guy and I thought about your book. And I thought, what would our life be like, right? I'm going to read your question. Because this is what he did. How you allow your imagination to fully immerse you in these experiences. How you allowed your imagination to fully immerse you in these experiences. How you allowed your imagination. Not how somebody put this in. So here's what I want to ask you. How freeing are you finding unbounded to be? And how freeing have the people that have followed in your path and have read the book? How freeing is is this, Aaron? Well, everything that we experience, everything is completely in the head, right? It's it's all within us. We think that it's out there, but it's actually within. And if you think that that's words or esoteric speak, just just here's a real example of that. Right. You can have a person that's sitting in a 15,000 square foot mansion on a cliff for 20 million dollars sitting at a table. You can have another person sitting at a table in their 500 square foot apartment. They both feel the cold surface on their on their hands. Their bodies, assuming the temperature is the same, their bodies are in the exact same experience. But their mind through the eyes ha- is telling them potentially something very different. They both could be very fulfilled. The one in the 500 square foot apartment could be deeply fulfilled and so could the other one, but usually they're very different, right? So, and, and, and you'd be surprised at sometimes how it goes. Again, that one that's at that huge house, and I've had all kinds of used houses as well. I've been broke as well. Been, I've been through all the spectrum. They could be telling themselves that they're unhappy, they're unfulfilled. And then the other person over here even people in third world countries walking miles to get water, they're dancing, they're smiling, and yet the mind will tell us, oh no. And yet we have, we're in no doubt that their essence, their energy is higher than ours. How do, we, how do we reconcile that? Because obviously what goes on inside is, is independent of what is without in many cases. We've heard of people that have gone through the darkest periods of their lives and it transforms them to where they would not undo they would not go backwards to where that darkness never happened. They've realized that it served them. I've even talked to a man that became a paraplegic in high school, and he would not undo that. He's now 40 or so. He would not undo that. Now, how's that possible? Because it has ignited and expanded him in ways that he's no longer bound where he might have been before, despite being physically more bound, right? So when you ask the question, how freeing is it or what is the level well 
listen, I mean, all of our fulfillment, happiness, joy is a direct correlation of the clarity of the channel to the heart source, to the spark. The more discrambled that is, the more blurry, the more we allow everything else external to dictate our energetic or emotional disposition, then no matter what so-called bogeys you have hit, you've hit the bogey of big career, you've hit the bogey of, I got this beautiful family, you've hit all these external bogeys, but if that channel is not very clear, the channel here to here, and you're not following that, and you haven't learned when you are in alignment with it versus when you are not congruent with it, then you're going to find that, how am I still not in the space energetically, emotionally, where I, that I need to be? And this applies in every aspect of our lives. So, you know, in my case, it's... Um, especially in this year, it's more clear to me how freeing it is to your question. As I watch people hugely thrown about by external ideas and information that's inundating us. So we got the media trying to trigger us. Why do I say trying? I mean, because that literally is what they do. I mean, we all know that that's how media works. They need the triggering story, it, not triggering for good. Usually it's bad, which is why news is, 30, 29 minutes or so of bad stuff, one minute of, of good, right? I mean, that's, it's like we're addicted to drama and problems, just like a person addicted to a bad substance harms their body, but they can't seem to break free. That is how most of us are wired. And the bigger commercial entities prey on that and they use it. And as an example of that, Dr. Pat, I'll just tell you that many people are not aware of their own emotional frequency chart or, or the, the emotional frequency chart and how their emotions rank on this chart. This is energy. This is like measurable. Again, this is not somebody's esoteric speak. Because I know a lot of people who are business folks, as I am, they tend to be very literal. They go, oh, well, none of that stuff matters. Well, this is science, right? This is provable. If you look at that emotional frequency chart, interestingly, right close to the lowest frequencies, which are things like shame and guilt and fear, just above fear is desire, <laughs> which is interesting because we're taught that desire is a good thing, ambition, desire, desire. And of course, we are, we are again bombarded with ways to increase your desire. That's what marketing is all about. Your last device isn't good enough. It's new or improved. Your last car, your last every single thing. And so you might say, well, why is desire bad? You know, why is it, how is it, uh, I guess, going against my internal, you know, substance? Well, desire implicates that you don't have abundance now. It implicates I will win this or win that when something external happens. But we just are abundant. We can be abundant. Again, that goes into the, the internal disposition. Appreciation plays a huge, huge part, right? We talked about people that may have nothing but still are skipping and happy and have this carefree vibe. And then you have someone over here that seems to have everything, but yet they put these expectations on themselves or they they're not still not good enough or they have all they're a prisoner to their own consciousness to their own way that they're animated and and that's actually a lie right so it's all around us so the things i talk about in the book that help people become unbounded ironically they're not necessarily new but they will feel extremely new because until something becomes real through your own experiences it's just somebody's rhetoric it's somebody's intellectual mantras of how you should yeah. be and what you should do 
and that doesn't move you quite like your own experience. So when you go through your own journey, yeah, it doesn't move the needle at all. It doesn't move it because again, the mind is not what really should be doing the motivating. And in fact, <coughs> all studies say 90% of human thought is subconscious, right? So 90% of everything that we are and how we move and interact and respond and fear and are motivated to achieve has been molded within us subconsciously. And that's through our peer set. It's through our, our initial surroundings in our family, our neighborhoods, our country, our race, our sex, the media, music, movies, everything is slowly shaping us. And some of these things are in alignment with us. Some of them are some, and, but much of it isn't. And we end up largely skewed in various ways. And the, the book is all about helping each person individually get back in alignment with themselves. Yeah, well, Aaron, thank you. Underneath the book, though, is your massively successful coaching program. And, you know, the reason I want to point that out is because I don't show up alone. I've been doing this 16 years. Uh, 10, 10 years ago, we launched one of the fastest growing, largest po positive talk radio networks. We're going from two channels to 10 by January. And people looked at me and said, you ain't going to last 10 minutes, <coughs> let alone 10 years. And if I'd have taken that in, I often wonder what would have happened in those early years if I'd have listened to everybody and not stayed the course mm -hmm. that my heart wanted to go. I don't do this because I like to hear myself talk. I was depressed, man. I had graduated school on the surface. Everybody looked at me like they did you. And they're like, what's wrong with you? You should be happy. What, what do you mean? You're, right. what, what, you shouldn't be like uh, looking for something. Just go get that job. Right. Just go make that money. What, what is you depressed, Pat? Are you out of your mind? You're depressed. I didn't do it. I dialed right. the wrong phone number and here we are 16 years later. Right. But this is the question. When we come back, this has always been the key for me doing the show. It wasn't called the Dr. Pat show. It was called Crust Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life. The network called the Transformation. Empathy can make you millions. Empathy. It is a word that most people have a sense of, but don't quite know which groove is it. Is it vinyl? Is it digital? What, what is the groove? What, am I listening to an oldie? Is it something contemporary? You know, is Dr. Pat going to rap again? You know, what is it that is in the empathy zone? That's for Aaron McCormick. Aaron, how do people find out about you? Let's do that. Then we'll take a short break and then we're going to get right back at Unbounded. Sure. Uh, my website, it's AaronMcCormick.com. It's also UnboundedBook.com. You can contact me via email. You can schedule 15 minutes on my calendar to talk about any one of those things, whether it's self or career relationships uh, and just what is the process for you to get more aligned so I'm accessible in any way you would choose, also on social media. Yeah, Journey to Your Within Coaching. Please check it out. We're going to talk about this thing, this empathy. You know, why is it that we cry on air, some of us? Why when we hear stories that it just touches us? 
What is it about this listening audience, which is the best in the planet that can connect heart to heart every day? What is it that we need now, but may not know enough about how to return to it? Short break. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. I'm the host of Nothing But Now, Mindful Living with Dr. Mary Angela McGuire on Transformation Talk Radio. I share ideas, insights, and tools you can use to release yourself from fearful and negative thinking and live from a place of clarity and confidence. Please join me in each show where we challenge ourselves to change together. Please go to my website, mcguirelifecoach.com. That's mcguirelifecoach.com. See you next time. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. I am so thrilled to be talking to all of you. We have got talk radio for all of us. Are you ready and willing and able to accept all of the abundance you can muster up in your life? Check us out at drpatshow.com, transformationtalkradio.com, transformationradio.fm. Oh my goodness. A word of caution. If you prefer the status quo and you are not interested in improving every aspect of your life, this book will trigger the shift out of you. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens is available now. Author Colette Steffen brings the powerful knowledge and life-changing energy and empowerment from the radio airwaves to the pages of her new book. To get your copy in paperback or ebook, visit thetruthisfunny.com today. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's great to have you on the Dr. Pat Show. I'm Dr. Pat, and I'm here with a very special guest, Aaron McCormick, and we're talking about Unbounded. Um, we're going to talk about it in a couple of different ways now because we're talking about Unbounded, but what has empathy got to do with it? And how is it that we can connect the dots from where we are today, what we're experiencing, what we're perceiving, what we're feeling today, and still carve that pathway to that which we have been so longing to achieve or be. 
Uh, Aaron, before we get going again, again, please tell folks about how they can get a copy of the book and how they can find out more about you and or work with you. The book itself, all your usual suspects, if you're a Barnes & Noble fan, barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com, walmart.com, some of the other retailers, you can get the book. Also my website, aaronmccormick.com, unboundedbook.com, lead to the same place. And within that page, you can email me. So there's several places to contact me. You can also schedule a 15-minute conversation with me uh, just to talk, to understand, to get to know me a little bit, whether it's the business aspects that you're struggling with. And that, by the way, does not just mean you are trying to find your career. You may already be in it and want to be better at it. And all that comes down to is if it's in alignment with you, then there are parts of you that you're like Dr. Pat talks about, even how the shows that she runs, there's other aspects of the show that is inside of her that she wants to get into, but she hasn't really necessarily been showcasing them. So sometimes we're in the right place, but we're not aligned within the space and we're suppressed in various areas. We've got some, some fear. So it's really all about you. So whether it's career, it's relationships, it's yourself and your own things that you struggle with, who and what you show, how you show up in the world, how others perceive you and your history. There's a lot of different things that you can journey to your within on. So we can schedule a conversation, talk about those things. There's a six month coaching program that gives you exercises that you go through and it's just hugely expansive because it's, it's really you. And uh, so that's how you can get in touch with me. Yeah, I love it. And I'm so glad you called that out because for me, I am looking at how I am and who I am showing up in the world right now. I'm looking at it, not because I want to see it, but there's something in my heart that's heavy. And it was my goal to really get at that. You know, what is that? But you. there's another side of this that I want to talk about because empathy, millions, COVID-19, how are they related? Well, they are related. And how are they related, though? I wanted to ask you about empathy, and I said this before the show. It is a word that is so significant <laughs> and so misunderstood, and let's talk about your chapter in the book, Empathy Can Make You Millions. Because people might say, what? what? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's another one of those many things that we're taught something alternate to what the truth really is. And when I refer to the truth, I mean, no one's opinion of the truth. I mean, through observation, right? Sciences, observation, things that can be proved. Look at us as babies. Objective number one of a human toddler, expand grow, have fun, joy. They don't, they're not looking to be restricted or corralled. In fact, when you try to do that, they immediately give you a reaction. It's no, you know, they grunt away. So that's us. That's really our path in life. We, we want our freedom. We want to expand. We want to grow. That's objective number one, to experience. And then objective number two is to connect with and to nurture, to help each other. Because you can see this also in a toddler when another toddler is hurt, or crying the other the other ones will freeze and it's like uh oh this is not the energy that we like we don't want to see this empathy is kicking in they walk over to the other one that's crying they will relinquish any toy they're holding they will coddle and touch and etc so the second reason we're all here because the first is very important you can't give love if you don't have love here you can't help others or connect with others if you're not even congruent within so 
Objective one is you, your experience, your joy, your challenging, all the things you've come here to experience. And objective two, immediately after that is connect with touch, nurture. And yet, as you mentioned, Dr. Pat, empathy seems to be so far from most people's vernacular or ideas, their immediate concepts of business. It's, it's often, especially in reward-based businesses, whether it's sales, excuse me, anything that is revenue-based, which is really all business, it's all about the numbers. And we tend to lose the real connection, even in industries where the focus is helping, like medicine. The focus is helping. Most doctors will tell you after years in the practice how either jaded they are or how their contemporaries all are because of all the business aspects and all the inertia of big pharma and all these other things that are pushing them for metrics that they get jaded on the actual reason that they got into the space, which is to really connect with and help. And now they come in, they quickly handle you and it's out. Right? But a lot of things are, are pushing that sort of external focus. So empathy can make you millions because it is your nature. And since we are energy, everything around us is moving in lockstep with our own energy. Go outside and smile. You've heard this since we were children, right? Smiles come back. So things are mirrored back to you. If you're feeling really down and you know a bad morning you'll notice more things happen to help that day feel down usually stub a toe and then this happens and that happens. so it's an ongoing effect in how that tends to work but empathy is so instrumental to our nature that we're doing it all the time and so in my case where i've made literally millions in sales i am the i have been in many cases the antithesis of the typical sales guy that whose essence is how can i make this sale I mean, in, in most salespeople's mind, the primary thought is make the sale at all costs, or they have this looming quota in their mind. There's these external yeah. things that take them out of the moment. And in reality, sales is a business of helping. It's consulting. It's you're not selling them something. You're helping someone buy something. It's the client's buy cycle. And it's your job to help connect them with the thing that will give them the most satisfaction, fulfillment, solution. So when that's the mindset, if empathy permeates your essence, then the sales will follow. And sometimes when they don't follow, that's still okay because you're whole within. You're not going against the very thing, the second most important thing that you are all about, which is actually caring and helping someone else. So I talk about various aspects of this in a very technical way. So in the business section, in that particular chapter of the business part, because each part, self relationships, which is love and family and friendships, as well as business. There are multiple chapters in there. So in this chapter on empathy, I talk about how the intersections are made, where obviously the person on the other side of the salesperson, the customer, they're trying to solve a problem. You are trying to make a sale if, hopefully only if there's an actual fit and you can deliver a solution to their problem. And there's a way you go about it to find that intersection, which by the way, applies to all leadership, Dr. Pat, whether you are a CEO, you're also in sales and you're trying to orchestrate yeah. and trying to get to the intersection of shareholders, of your customers, your market, of your employees and their job satisfaction. You've got all these disparate sort of uh, dispositions that you're trying to get to march in the same cohesive direction and empathy and intersections are the way that you do that. So I do map out how that's possible. And the real purpose of that, Dr. Pat, is yeah. I see so many, especially in the youth, right? The 20-somethings, there's such a huge push for materialism 
And, and there's nothing wrong with enjoying nice things, cars, watches, or purses, whatever the things that we like to do, travel. The problem is that we've put that at a higher priority than the thing that is very natural to us. And these, these things that we buy are all learned, and that's why they never last. They're not real. That's why the person that is in some third world country or in a 500 square foot apartment can have deep internal joy. And so many people that seem to have so much actually don't because in the process of getting those things, they have left the natural essence of themselves. They've let it morph and it's become suppressed. And so they're still not actually fulfilled. So I want, I talk through these points because when I see these social media posts, and advertisements of young men with Lambos and Ferraris and things that I've actually had myself, but have gone a totally different route. And I see them pushing, you know, dog eat dog in a very ugly way, like in the worst ways. There was a young man who uh, basically defrauded an older woman out of an additional $10,000. He was a real estate flipper. And he was bragging about how he would squeeze an extra 10 grand and create 10 grand out of thin air. And he literally puts his audience on the phone with him as he goes through this conversation where he kind of reneges on the original price ah. with some cockamamie story. It's only $150,000 house. This may be all this woman has to her name and her retirement. Yep. And this dude is 30 years old. He's got his whole life ahead of him. He's already making a lot of money and he's bragging about how he skillfully can keep the deal intact. While just instantly, I just made an extra 10 grand. And I'm sitting there going, what on earth are we teaching our youth and all the comments are, yeah, it's so cool. It's badass. all these different things. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So I want people to know, well, here's another young dude that since 22, 23, 400, 500, half a million dollars a year and has earned seven figures in a year, Lamborghinis, Ferraris, all that stuff. And I'm attributing it to actual empathy. And it's yeah. true. Like I, I literally would. And I go into details as to how I did it and how anyone can do it. The objective is, for those of us that are a bit more consciously empathetic, remember, I believe we all are. We were that way at two. We were, it's maybe buried under these things we've learned, but it's all within us. So those of us that are more consciously empathetic, sometimes we discount ourselves and we're like, oh, I guess I won't get to be very successful because I can't be all those ugly things. And so they assume that they have to have a life of financial mediocrity, so to speak. And I want those people to know that no empathy can make you millions. And for those that have suppressed this thing inside of them or have disconnected from heart and they're unempathetic and they're doing well, and but they're still not happy, I want them to know that no, nice guys don't finish last. You can actually become yeah. more heart-centered and still do well and even better financially. Yeah, I totally get it. I mean, I talk to everybody that joins our network and people say to me, why? They're like, I mean, you're, you're the CEO. Why do you, I mean, you're going to talk to every host you bring on the network or co-host or I said, yeah, I say to That's Jessica, great. you know, let's go get me on a call. I want to meet them. I want to hear their stories. I, I want to connect with them. Um, and I don't know that. I think that's so much a part of me. But there's a couple of things I really want to talk to. I want to talk about awaken, awakening to your power. But I got to say something to you right now. I Whoa. actually had. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Am I going to date myself now? Just want to say I actually owned a 68 Charger <laughs> in 68. Nice. I took that okay. thing down 
in Jersey. I 287 hadn't been finished built, so we used to drag race on it. And I saw that picture of that charger. Do you we, still have the charger? We, we including you or yeah, you? Yeah, I drove. Yeah, I drove. You drag race. I, I'm so like, this is a double high five through the screen. That's I'm awesome. just like, I, I'm like, no, I know it's your car, but I'm driving. <laughs> I'm the driver, man. That what was what was it? A 443? I can't remember exactly. 440, yeah. 440. I, my dad's a mechanic. He had three girls, so you get it, right? Yep, three yep. girls, mechanic, yep. greasy nails. <laughs> right. Man, that was that was like the best. 68 Charger, story. 68 yeah. Firebird, 69 Firebird. I totaled. I hit a total. Wow, your your dad was a gearhead. He trained you right. That's Ooh, great. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, the best time with my dad was when he had us build our own junkers. We had to build our own cars. He used to bring these $10 junkers home and we had to like work with him to get them to run. Uh a best. lot of boys never get to have that experience and we, dad, we've been wanting oh. this since we were toddlers right boys oh. and, you know in fact i always i joke with my wife saying look uh girls grow up wanting to play with dolls and the ultimate version of a doll is a baby yeah. boys grow up playing with little toy cars the ultimate version of a toy car is their dream muscle car or their dream exotic so for every baby we give you girls we need to be able to go treat ourselves <laughs> to the coolest car possible because that's what was, our dreams were well, I got to tell you this. My dad was unbounded when it came to this. And that's really why I want to talk to you about this last part, awakening to your own power. Because we grew up as girls. We had four girls, by the way. My oldest sister was older, so she didn't get to have this fun. Mm -hmm. And I remember building my car. <clears throat> I was 15, maybe 14. I mean, we, he, my dad used to build motorcycles in the house, like in the living room. <laughs> nice. And I remember I built this car. I was like happy. And my dad, this is in the Bronx. And my dad is like, okay, we're going to give, give all, we're going to give all the cars a run. So my dad comes down the street with my car. What the heck year was that car? It was like a 54 or five Chevy or something. I don't know. One of them. Okay. Dad comes down. All I see is flames. Oh, all I, see, all I see is flames on the front of my car. What did I learn from that lesson? One, I learned my dad. All he could think about was how I must have felt. My car up in flames. Mm -hmm. Now, my dad did not have to drive that car a whole city block in the Bronx. When that car lit on fire, my dad could have pulled over and just stopped. And I said to him, I said, Dad, why did you why didn't you pull over, man? The car was on fire. And my dad said, I promised to drive this car by you. You and your sisters, you all had the cars. Each of us was going to have our car driven by like in a parade, like a grandstand thing, right? But mine happened to catch on fire. And I never forgot that lesson. I, I never forgot that lesson. Um, and I wanted to ask you this. Some people say we can't tell the truth from a hoax or a truth from a lie. And that's not my upbringing. Um, I was groomed in a family where your heart knows what it knows. Mm -hmm. But this last part of your book, 
And I'm so glad that you created something that uses the word power. I could just hug you. When I started the Power Up show, people said, why are you going to use that word? I'm like, give me another word. So how absolutely freeing is it to awaken that power? To awaken to your power? You're talking about the last chapter or yep. one, of the, one of the latter chapters? Yes. Because <clears throat> everything about us, before we awaken to our internal truth, everything about us is dictated to us or told to us. We don't realize it but our view of ourselves is measured by these external things that then tell us our level of power. Power not to control somebody else, but power over our experience, power to create and feel and be, and even manifest the things, whether it's relationship-based or financial or what have you, we're, we've been, we gradually absorbed and now believe things that are completely in most cases untrue yeah so the process of awakening to your power is the culmination of the journey so the journey to your within forces you to measure and understand your own energy energy meaning your emotional disposition your true feelings on a matter on a topic devoid of all the shapes and forms that you've created on the topic the biases you've created, the fears you've created, the, the, the things that externally have shaped them. And again, if you are already in you know, alignment, then perfect, that's good. But most of us are not. And I say to varying degrees, usually it's huge degrees by the time you add them all up. In some cases, we're aligned in work, that's decent. We kind of knew we wanted to work with our hands and we do that, so that's good. Some people, work is not the issue. Others, it is the issue, or over here, uh, usually there's some form, some area of life where we are vastly misaligned. And then in all areas of life, we are moderately misaligned in the underpinnings and how we do things within that space because we're not listening, because we're more scared of dissenting against some external situation. And we create this conflict that stays with us. And, and you know, it, it, just, it actually makes it worse. So you think you're running from conflict, you're creating it, you're harboring it, you're keeping it inside of you, therefore keeping it with you. And conflict within is much worse than conflict without. So as we look at both your experiences, your energy in the experience versus your energy after it, meaning how you felt. So at first it's, it's huge, this thing that you're so worried about at every age, there might be something at three or four you had that with, something, a bully or a situation or fear of going to the next grade and being able to keep up with what seemed to be, I remember thinking in fourth or fifth grade, oh no, that's long, I would see my older sister's textbook, oh crap, that long division, I will never <laughs> be able to do that, right? And you just don't realize that, no, it'll be proportionate for you at that moment. And of course, you learn it. We have fears of moving, of change, of switching careers, of you know, and we, we project these fears and these things onto each other, our children, our peers and all that. So we all are a hodgepodge of throwing energy through belief and perspective and bias and fears and all this stuff. And it's shaping all the time. So it's hugely powering to be more uh, connected within and therefore more powerful 
within, and it doesn't mean that you run around with a ham, you know, like a hammer. It's my way. It's my way. Right. It's, it's actually the opposite because you are stabilized within and you're in alignment within everything is not an intellectual battle. You don't take everything as a threat or something that you have to respond and raise up to or feel intimidated by. You can just observe. And as you observe life outside, you can also observe your own life, the things that, again, you perceive to be successful and perceive to be failures. And you're realizing how it all is serving you and it's all in what you do with it in this moment, in the now, which is actually way more powerful than mm -hmm. anything you've ever done in the past, way more powerful than anything that could happen in the future. Now is the only thing that actually matters. And we've heard this in all different forms possibly, but how have you come to really embody it, understand it so that it's you? That's part of your journey to your within. And you'd be surprised at some of the things that were right before your eyes that been hitting you on the head over and over and over and you just haven't applied it in a certain way. And all of a sudden you do, you immediately feel the unbinding because life is still where it's always been. Your situation, your physical state, whatever the case may be, nothing has actually changed, but your connection to the, you're connecting the dots and getting it like the epiphany is like poof. Ah. And so that's a binding that it's come off. So, yeah. you know, some have said, Dr. Pat, that unbounded, some might think, oh, isn't that improper word for unbound? <laughs> Absolutely not. For, <laughs> for one to come off is to un, is unbind, is unbinding or to lose a binding. That's unbound. But unbounded implicates all of them right. are gone. And you actually have a measure of limitlessness because you're not suppressed in here. And therefore you can create and be and feel things that might yeah. belie the expectation around you. Well, Aaron, let me tell you something. I didn't have any question about unbounded, not one, not <laughs> right. whatsoever. But I will say this in closing. What you just ended the show with, that fear, that discounting of who we are, that almost cost me participating in a powerful music video in LA last October with John Legend and his nephew, Tata Prince. And even when it was over, I didn't know if myself and Jessica and Gail would be even in the video, hmm. but it was so transformative to us. We cried on the way home. Hmm. We didn't know if we were in it. And we looked at each other on the plane and, and I said, I'm different, Jessica. She says, I'm different. I'm inspired. And I said, I am too. We need to do something with this inspiration. But for now, let's be inspired. And that's what you're doing to so many, Aaron. Thank you so much for today. Thank you, Dr. Pratt. I enjoyed it. You were super fun to talk to. You've got stories for days. <laughs> i got to tell you, if you have a second 68 sitting around your house, <laughs> I'm going to come visit. We're going to be on. Come on down. I can still drive, Aaron. Hey, I've got a 64, <laughs> 64 Fury, so I went even older. Oh, oh okay. That's good. I that's can do that. More. You can do that one? Yeah, <laughs> okay. I, I, I can do it. <laughs> and then we'll pull out the Harleys. <laughs>